positivity is infectious. And I think that 2020 has been a year where positivity levels have been very low. And I do think we now have an opportunity to reflect. Let's look at what good has come of this year and let's celebrate that. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Workforce Inside, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. I'm your host, Bhushan Sethi, Joint Global People and Organization Leader at PwC. On today's episode, are you wondering how your company should mark the holiday season during a global pandemic? We'll talk about how you can help people celebrate the end of the year, connect with each other, and have a little fun, even if you don't hold your usual holiday party. I'm joined today with Reed Carpenter, global leader of PwC's Katzenbach Center, and Stephanie Coleman, one of our PwC workforce strategy leaders. Welcome, Reed and Stephanie. Thanks, Bishan. Happy to be here. Likewise. Wonderful. So let's get down to business. Let's get down to the real serious questions. Stephanie, what season fits your personality best? For me as an Australian, I would have to say that summer is the best reflection of my personality. Wonderful. And Reid, what's your most used emoji? My most used emoji at the moment is the laugh out loud symbol with the two tears coming out of each side because right now, if you can't laugh, you're sunk. We're going to have summer and smiles on today's podcast. So, I know we've talked about this topic with our clients extensively. We think about today's environment where we're all struggling still with economic uncertainty. Even though we received good news around a vaccine earlier this week, we're struggling around what does 2021 look like in terms of health outcomes. And we really want to connect. We're really craving meeting people. And the struggle now is firms aren't able to convene in person. And at the holiday season, that's a big issue, both in the workplace and with our families. Stephanie, how are you thinking about this issue on a personal basis and when you're advising clients? Thanks, Bushan. I think it's a really good question and certainly one that's been on on my mind and, and some of my clients as well. I think it's really important to acknowledge the festive season, despite the fact that 2020 has been a challenging year that has been overshadowed by a pandemic and economic crisis, there are some positive things that we should take the opportunity to celebrate and recognise the small silver linings that have occurred over the course of the year. I think for many people, this is going to be a challenging few months ahead. As we think about travel restrictions, as we think about in the Northern Hemisphere going into the cold winter months again ahead, it is important that we spend time celebrating and connecting with one another and making ourselves feel included in the workplace. And Reid, how are you thinking about this? You advise our clients on how to think about culture and behaviours. How are you thinking about this topic of celebration and well-being? I think it's about peeling back why we do some of the usual end-of-year gatherings and events that we normally do. And it's really about reflecting on the year and celebrating accomplishments and really demonstrating our gratitude to each other for a job well done. For me, it's all about emotion and energy management. 
because people are feeling depleted. And there's been a lot of disappointments and frustrations this year. And so how can we inject and use this time to create positive energy to help people recharge? And of course, looking ahead is also a very powerful emotional boost. If we can think about how things are going to turn a new leaf in 2021 and what we can all come together to accomplish, that could also be very motivating. So maybe bring that to life, Stephanie. How how are you thinking about 2021 and how do firms take the time to reset, celebrate, recognize, but also look forward. We still have an uncertain future. We may have some political certainty, but we have uncertainty around economics and trade and still the the transmission of the virus. How are you thinking about that? Yeah, well, I think the word that's jumping out from Reed's comments is around gratitude. So I think over the last 12 months, we've put the workforce globally through a lot. We have tested ourselves in new ways. We have all operated in incredibly stressful circumstances in order to remain productive. And I do think as a result of that, it is incumbent on employers to express thanks to their employees and recognize the strain that the workforce has been under. Wellness, especially physical and mental uh, wellness, is going to be, it already is a hot topic. I think it's only going to continue to get hotter in the coming year, particularly when we have a look at some of the data that we have available to us, including one of PwC's recent pulse survey, which tells us that more than 50% of CHROs are concerned about employee anxiety and burnout as a top challenge. The way that some firms are responding to that. I've seen some firms stand up menus of recreational gifts that employees can self-select from. And in doing so, they're stimulating spending in local communities and local vendors, which is obviously a, a terrific technique as well. So I think there's lots of ways that firms can kind of demonstrate thanks and celebrate what good has come of the year ahead so that we can start uh, the coming year as strongly as possible. That's great. So a sense of gratitude, recognition, but also thinking about the community responsibility, which brings me back, Reid, to your comments around the role of purpose. How are you advising clients on purpose as they think about now and 2021? I think having a purpose is the key and then being able to connect people to the purpose, right? So in our research on pride builders and culture over the years, I mean, one of the most motivating things for any employee is to truly understand how the work that they do every day connects to the broader mission or purpose of the organization. And we know that managers who are uniquely good at motivating people are very good at helping people connect those dots on a day-to-day basis. So I think this is a great time to refresh or reinforce that purpose and then find different ways to help acknowledge the ways people have contributed to it this year and how they can going forward. I think, Reid, you're raising a really good point around reframing purpose. And as we think about the current crisis that we're in, I think a lot of firms are really looking at their role in the solution. And so a classic example here is the banking sector, where you know banks are in a position now where they can provide financing to the most heavily impacted segments of society. So really taking that proactive, here is how we are going to play a role in resurrecting society is compelling and it's attractive to employees. And I think firms are really doubling down on what those messages are and making that a reality in the employment experience that they create for their people. Stephanie, what advice do we have for leaders on how to really think about their teams in different ways and different people's needs and constraints? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I think we are in the perfect set of circumstances for doing so because what 
the COVID-19 pandemic has done is it has exposed the varying preferences and needs that different segments of the workforce have. So whether or not you're like me, a parent with young children at home, with that comes its joys and its complexity as it relates to your relationship with work. You may be uh, someone with predisposed illness, which means you have other limitations in the way that you interact with work and the question around when it is that you go back, if you do at all, go back to a physical workplace. There are people with caretaking responsibilities and so on. And so I do think what this means is that employers, as they think about what the coming year looks like ahead, will have to think of a multitude of different scenarios and provide flexibility because a one-size solution for managing the workforce in a virtual or on-site or hybrid way is not going to be the right solution. There's going to have to be custom experiences, personas that map to different personality types and sets of circumstances in the workforce. And I think our clients and their HR leaders are going to have to be more nimble, flexible than they've ever been. And one more thing that's really important as we're creating these new ways of working, we need to measure whether it's having the impact. So we're doing a lot of listening finding out what our employees and our other stakeholders need, then we're acting on that and we're looking for ways to either connect them or improve collaboration. And we need to know if we're doing that, is it successful? And also, is it helping us drive the outcomes we were looking for? So is it actually helping us unlock the potential and drive our business forward? And if so, that means we should keep doing it. And that means we should scale it. So that measurement piece is really key. That's great. So taking a data-driven approach, again, as Reid said, a very personalized approach to meet different needs and address different constraints. Thank you. So Reid, we talk a lot about purpose. How are you seeing purpose show up when you're working with clients right now? You know, I think it's clients taking stock of who they are and what makes them special. And Purpose is definitely part of that, but also it permeates sort of the how we do things around here, the whole culture of the organization. And I think now that we've had to move a lot of our operation and people into a virtual environment, we realized some of the aspects of our culture that we really miss. And they were sometimes the things that we thought really made us special. At the same time, we acknowledged that because we had to move to virtual, we started doing things differently. And it was actually better than what we did before. So lots of lessons learned if we take stock of those evolutions over the past several months and decide what to keep and go forward. I heard a really interesting story recently. I was with a bunch of chief HR officers and we were talking about some of the cultural implications of COVID-19 and what would be retained. And one of the themes that came up was around accountability, like you just said. So one of the CHROs had said, we have never been so decisive. We have never been able to make such quick decisions and have clarity around who has ownership for certain decisions. And that's something that we're definitely going to take forward. Another talked about supervision culture and it said, we're now in an environment where we know we can trust our people to work effectively at home. We don't need to be there sitting, looking over their shoulders. So we're going to carry that on and give people a lot more empowerment and autonomy in the way that they do work. It was pretty cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of really good things that we can take from this experience to kind of improve the culture across a lot of industries as we look to the year ahead. So what you're both saying, Reid and Stephanie, is there's some behaviors that are good and need to be sustained for a number of organizations as we go forward. Stephanie, when you think about our clients, they're also out there needing to engage the stakeholders beyond their employees. 
meeting clients, meeting counterparties. How are you advising clients on how to engage people beyond their workforce? It's all about relationships. And I do think the way in which we have traditionally connected with others and built bonds has been challenged by virtue of not being able to meet people face-to-face and shake hands and sit over from the table from one another and go out for the dinner together and kind of build all that rapport and, and engagement through kind of our traditional channels that are less available to us now. But I do think it's about working with the tools that you have. And in this climate, those are video tools. And I, I can tell a story that I love about a client that I started working with right when we went into lockdown. So this would have been around March of, of 2020. I had never met anyone from this client organization before. And we worked together every single day for six months. And we spent at least two hours a day on video calls, solving problems, building deliverables, designing the the future of this organization. And I will say, despite the fact that I have never had a face-to-face encounter with any of these clients, they are some of my strongest relationships in the industry. Don't get me wrong, I'm very excited for the day that we can all get together and go and have a celebratory dinner. I look forward to that. But I do think we have been able to find ways to connect. And it's about bringing yourself to work. It's about having the screaming kids running around in the background behind your your video conference. It's about telling the jokes in the meetings. It's about being a human being and connecting with one another. And what we've all learned, I think, is that you don't have to be in the same room in order to achieve that effect. When you said that, I was thinking about how important it is to be deliberate and thoughtful about how we use our time together, whether it's on video or socially distanced in the office. For example, a team, I think, who was very much in the same boat as you started just doing these icebreakers that at first might have felt silly, like kind of like the ones we did earlier in this call, like what's your favorite emoji or what's the last book you read? But taking the time to create the space for those kinds of conversations and open things up a little bit so we build relationships with one another on a personal level. Actually, we know the research shows that connects to outcomes, that connects to performance and productivity because it's all about that emotional energy. Yeah. And look, we're all in this together, aren't we? So I think what is unique about the pandemic is we're all faced with very similar challenges. And so, you know, it's the old saying, if you you get given lemons, you make lemonade. I think that's what we're doing, right? And we all know it's tough sitting at home all day and interacting through a computer screen, but it's the reality of what we have to do right now. Yeah, so, so one cohort that's lived that shared experience has been leaders, and leadership has meant different things. You can lead from anywhere. Leaders have emerged during the crisis. We're building relationships with clients, as you mentioned. We're hiring new people, having to onboard them. Reid, how are you thinking about leadership? What experiences do we have that we can share with our clients as they're thinking about leading in this environment and also kind of what we can learn that we can take forward to 2021? Yeah, we've known for a while that the way leaders lead has been evolving, right? There's been a lot of emphasis, even pre-COVID, on being authentic, being vulnerable, showing up in different ways. You know, that some of the leadership qualities that we've all grown up on as being important have shifted and there's a greater premium being placed on different types of qualities around collaboration and bringing people together. So I think COVID definitely has shown a very strong spotlight on how important that is, that emotional agility. I know a woman who had to join as an intern this summer in a company and obviously could not go on site. The entire process was virtual. But 
they made a point to give her an opportunity to do virtual coffee chats with senior leaders and managers across that organization. And wow, what a gift to her. She was able to rapidly develop this really strong network because those leaders recognized the importance of that and set aside the time to have a personal conversation with this intern. Creating that space and time, again, it comes down to that, but also being authentic and not being afraid to show people a little bit about yourself. I think so much of it is about being intentional in the way that you are connecting with interns in that scenario or any new joiner to the company who has only ever had a virtual experience. And, you know, I refer back to the event that I mentioned earlier with a group of chief HR officers. And there was a really salient comment in that meeting around, we have hired people that have never set foot in a branch And having those physical experiences is so intrinsic to our culture. So how do we give them a taste and let them know what it means to work here and what makes us special? And in the absence of providing those physical experiences, you need to create relationships and you need to create those moments for people and special connections. And leaders, I think, need to be very intentional about going out of their way to make people feel included, to make sure they don't feel as though they're a little tiny face on a computer screen, but they're a real person who is going to assimilate into the culture and and be a real contributor. So bring us back to the top of the discussion. We started with how do you celebrate in a holiday season? And I love the points around authenticity, taking a personalized approach and really showing gratitude. As you think this holiday season and we prepare for their businesses as they shape their recoveries in 2021, what are the key takeaways? Maybe starting with you, Reid, that you would like to share with our listeners. Number one, I think we need to show people that we care. And there are a lot of ways to do that. You could give people an extra day off. Acknowledgement of their contribution are all ways to show that you appreciate what they're doing and that you truly care about them. Secondly, I think it's about finding ways to come together and connect with each other. And we've given a lot of examples, small groups, Zooms. And if you're able to have an outdoor picnic or something socially distanced, where people can actually see each other, I think it will go a long way. I recall after 9-11, I'm dating myself, but in my company, we were grappling with what to do around the holidays. And we obviously weren't going to do anything flashy or fancy. But what we did do was we did have a gathering and we asked people to make gingerbread houses and people worked in teams and we really had a lot of fun with it. So I think that's kind of the concept. If you get on the phone and do a video call, what could you do that would be fun for the group? to just enjoy one another and appreciate each other. I have a couple of additional thoughts to to add to the list, three specifically. The first is that positivity is infectious. And I think that 2020 has been a year where positivity levels have been very low. And I do think we now have an opportunity to reflect. Let's look at what good has come of this year and let's celebrate that. I think that sets a, a really terrific tone for what is sure to be an uncertain year ahead. The second thing is leading with people first. And one thing that I have been really impressed by with my clients and I've really admired, including in our own firm, has been the commitment that leaders have made to their people and putting people ahead of profits and really looking after their employees' well-being. And I do hope to see that trend continue as we face the year ahead. And then the third is demonstrating flexibility. As Bouchon said at the start of the call, 
who knows what 2021 is going to look like. But the way that 2021 feels for people is going to be very different for different segments of society, be it socio-demographic factors, be it industry, be it health. So I do think that companies are going to have to be very cognizant that this year is going to give rise to lots of different experiences for people and the demands of the workforce are going to be very disparate. So having that nimbleness, agility and flexibility to adapt to those competing demands is going to be a number one priority for many of my HR clients. So what I'm hearing is recognize your people, taking a data-driven approach to really understand the sentiment but absolutely, let's plan for an agile, uncertain future. Thank you, Reed and Stephanie, for sharing your stories. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of Workforce Inside. For more insights into how you can tackle your organization's workforce challenges, please visit our website and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. I'm Bushan Sethi at PwC. Thanks for tuning in. Your family gatherings are obviously going to look very different this year, as are your workplace gatherings. On behalf of PwC, we wish you all happy holidays. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.